All righty, you are listening to Lavender Hill here on KZUM Lincoln, KZUM HD, 89.3 on the FM and online at KZUM.org. Perhaps you're using one of those handy-dandy, smarter-than-a-calculator devices and listening to the show on your favorite mobile listening app such as TuneIn or Next Radio. Or you could be listening up to two weeks after original broadcast date thanks to the KZUM archives, which can be found online at KZUM.org slash archives. However it is that you're listening, I'm glad you're here. It's a kind of humid Sunday morning. I thought we were going to have some rain, but not so much. That could yet happen late today. Anywho, I hope you are enjoying the first weekend of August. School's about to start, and you know I'm not just talking public school. You know, colleges, universities, and all that, they're about to start up, too, for their fall semester. So it's going to be quite a time coming up. Alrighty, well, speaking of quite a time and things that may be coming up, I haven't talked about Ukraine that much lately. Okay, sort of, maybe, kind of, but... It's all been, you know, the sad stuff. We got some good news for you from Ukraine. Uh, At least we hope it's going to be some good here for you. Uh, According to an article on LGBTQNation.com by Sarah uh, Ashton Cirillo from Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022, uh, President Zelensky is, you know, talking about some progress after the war is over. Uh, To quote him, he said, All people are free and equal in their dignity and rights. With these words, Ukrainian President Zelensky indicated his desire to address the legal status of same-sex partnerships and potentially same-sex marriages in Ukraine when the country's martial law period is over. In addressing an official petition to his office covering the question of the legalization of same-sex marriages, Zelensky explained that while Article 51 of the Constitution of Ukraine states that, quote, marriage is based on the free consent of women and men, end quote, and that the Constitution of Ukraine cannot be changed during the ongoing war for liberty with Russia, he directed the nation's prime minister to look into the matter. In his response, the president also noted that, quote, in the modern world, the level of a democratic society is measured, among other things, through state policy aimed at ensuring equal rights for all citizens, end quote. Furthermore, Zelensky pointed out that his country's family code didn't specify gender in a definition that partially reads, quote, a family consists of individuals who live together are connected by common life, and have mutual rights and obligations, end quote. All righty. Well, while Zelensky uh, centered the majority of his focus on the legal avenues of queer relationships, Ukrainian writer and thought leader uh, Maxim Arastravi, a gay man who commands a Twitter following of over 80,000 and co-hosts the internationally popular podcast Ukrainian Spaces, brought a human take as to what this means to Ukraine's LGBTQ community and its allies and explained how the country arrived at this moment in history. To quote that good gentleman, I I, uh, publicly came out over a decade ago, so this historic statement feels like a long time coming. We will celebrate when we make sure this historic commitment results in historic action. That's what he told LGBTQ Nation 
Ukraine.com. Nevertheless, he went on to say, I keep reminding myself that Ukraine's recent rapid progress towards human rights equality is not a gift or twist of fate. It comes from years of hard work by queer Ukrainians putting our lives on the line for equal rights, which made this possible. Tens of thousands of queer Ukrainians defending our country during this genocide made this possible. Centuries of our anti-colonial struggle against Russian patriarchal and homophobic tyranny make this possible, he went on to say. Ah, yes, there's a lot that could be going on there as uh, Ukraine hopefully is able to win their war of independence, complete, total independence from the Russian tyranny, if you will. Okay, yeah, all right. There's a lot of things that Russia has done that are good and there's a lot of things, at least under uh, their current president, that haven't been so good. That's what happens when you have a former KGB officer as president, right? Anywho, so that's some good stuff for you there. At least I hope you feel that that is good. And the uh, link to the article from LGBTQNation.com is live on the Facebook page for Lavender Hill. Just put it up there. Uh, so uh, if you want to check that out, please do. Uh, we're going to move along to some other news here for you. And it's going to be a bit of a mixed bag today. We're going to go into trans sports right now. Again, from LGBTQNation.com, this article is by Greg Owen from yesterday, Saturday, August 6, 2022. The headline reads, Trans cyclist stripped a silver medal in the middle of competition. Uh, Leah Guinness, a trans cyclist competing in USA cycling events since June of this year, was unceremoniously stripped of a silver medal last week for not meeting the latest requirements for transgender athlete participation in the sport. Uh, Genis, or Genis, G-E-N-I-S, was competing in the Women's Elite Individual Pursuit at the USA Cycling Elite Track National Championships in Pennsylvania, where she won a silver medal, placing second behind cisgender cyclist Bethany Matzik. The next day, as she was preparing for the mass start races, she was approached by a USA cycling official who informed her she could no longer compete and that her silver medal would be revoked. Her expulsion comes despite the fact she was eligible six weeks ago for two elite competitions under rules established by the Global Cycling Governing Board, Union uh, Cycliste Internationale. Uh, those races were held at the same facility and overseen by the same technical director as last week's competition. Uh, she wrote in her Instagram, yet six weeks later, now that I am doing well at nationals, I am suddenly ineligible to compete. Uh, in June, the UCI revised rules around trans female athlete participation, lowering the allowable testosterone threshold from five na uh, nanomoles, uh, nanomoles, not entirely sure on that word, I'll have to look that up, per liter for 12 months to 2.5 per liter for two years. Uh, Guinness' ex uh, exasperation with the rule change was clear in her Instagram posting. To quote a little bit more from that, being a trans woman in this sport is so incredibly frustrating. Poorly communicated guidelines, restrictions and requirements that are constantly changing, lack of empathy with USA Cycling, and Peloton full 
of furtive whispers and sideways glances mean that even showing up to compete is an immense struggle. I am obviously heartbroken. I have worked my <clears throat> off to be here, and I rightfully earned my silver medal. I will continue to train and race, but this experience has left me disgusted and abhorred. You can read the entire article, including her Instagram posts, uh, by uh, visiting lgbtqnation.com or following the link that will be posted to the Facebook page during the upcoming music break. All righty. Speaking of that upcoming music break, we're going to hear from Alicia Olatucha with Hide and Seek. Alicia Olatuja with Hide and Seek. All righty. Well, keeping with trans sports, especially trans women in sports, or uh, at least some of the bigotry that goes along with that, an article from pinknews.co.uk dated July 25th. Yes, I know that's a little while back. Not too far. Uh, written by Lily Wakefield. Uh Olympian Sharon Davies has claimed that she has received so much backlash for her anti-trans views that she is on the brink of bankruptcy. Oh, tear, tear. Uh, a former Olympic swimmer, Davies, who is 59, has been outspoken about her opposition to trans inclusion in sports last month. Well, two months ago now. Uh, Davies, a fan of J.K. Rowling... Hmm, if that doesn't tell you something when it comes to getting yourself in the news, no offense to fans of Harry Potter's story. Uh, <laughs> Anywho, Davies, a fan of J.K. Rowling, who has compared drag to blackface and has been branded transphobic because she is uh, by a group of LGBTQ plus sports organizations in the UK, celebrated when the swimming world governing body, FINA, F-I-N-A, voted to ban trans women from competing in women's events. Despite her own decision to publicly make comments opposing trans athletes, Davies now appears to be claiming that she has become a victim of cancel culture. Yeah. In an interview with the Daily Mail's You magazine, Davies said, There's been so much hate and bullying, it's been very hard. Oh, you're starting to experience some of what you've been doing to people? Anyhow, back to quoting her for a moment here. Charities I've worked with for 30 years have dropped me. Agents I've worked with for 30 or 40 years don't use my name anymore because the trans activists can be so vicious and malicious. They go after your work, after your brand. They attack everything. Uh, like I just said, you're experiencing what these trans athletes are experiencing day in and day out. Hello, Miss Davies. <sighs> Uh, she has been a forced to live off her inheritance. Oh, what a tragedy. Uh, Sharon Davies told the magazine that she is living on inheritance from her mother and continued, quote, The money's nearly gone now, but I can't back down. If you have the courage of your convictions, you have to back those up with evidence and science, and then you just have to hold your ground. Um, Miss Davies? Have you been looking at the recent findings in science? The evidence thereof? I don't think you have. All righty. Well, it's a bit of an article there on uh, pinknews.co.uk. I'm posting the link to that right now on Facebook so you can read the entirety of it if you so desire. And please do follow the links 
you know, you might as well educate yourself on the bigotry that's out there. All righty. Well, let's see here. Can I move away from sports? Kind of, sort of, yes. But we're going to go visit Florida Man again. Yeah, Ron DeSantis recently suspended a state attorney for respecting trans kids. And this particular attorney is not going out quietly. An article by Daniel Villarreal published Friday, August 5th, 2022 on LGBTQNation.com. Andrew Warren, a Democrat, the recently suspended state attorney for Hillsborough County, Florida, has accused Governor Ron DeSantis, a Republican, of trying to overthrow democracy after DeSantis suspended him for refusing to enforce state prohibitions on abortion and gender-affirming care for transgender youth. On Thursday of last week, DeSantis said he suspended Warren for incompetence and neglecting the duty of his office. However, Warren called BS on DeSantis's reasoning, noting that no cases had been brought to his office on either issue. Uh, to quote him, uh, speaking with Florida politics, we've had none. None of those cases have been brought to us. We're not anticipating those cases being brought to us. You should go ask the sheriff whether he has had those cases and whether they're investigating arresting people for that. Because when they do and they bring us a case, we'll evaluate it. Warren drew DeSantis's ire by publicly opposing his attempts to criminalize abortion and gender-affirming care. Warren said that his recent suspension by the governor is little more than an attempt by DeSantis to raise his profile among Republican primary voters in anticipation of an eventual 2024 presidential run. We're protecting people's rights, he said. We have fought so hard for public safety and fairness and justice. If the governor thinks he can do a better job, then he should run for state attorney, not president. The governor wants to do his sideshow with his cronies. I'm the one who's upholding the law, end quote. Warren even went a step further, calling DeSantis's prohibitions unconstitutional. Indeed, the state's attacks on abortion access, gender-affirming care, and LGBTQ content in classrooms have all faced legal challenges by lawyers who say they violate federal guarantees against discrimination and oppression of free speech. Just based on the governor's track record with unconstitutional orders, I have a feeling that my suspension is going to be just as unconstitutional Andrew Warren said. Although Warren is an elected official, the Florida state constitution gives the governor the power to suspend state officials for different reasons, including neglect of duty, incompetence, and permanent inability to perform official duties. Warren said in his interview, the governor's trying to overthrow the results of a fair and free election. And people need to understand this isn't the governor trying to suspend the one elected official. This is the governor trying to overthrow democracy here in Hillsborough County, end quote. Numerous officials denounced DeSantis' suspension of Warren. In a statement, Representative Kathy Castor, a Democrat of Florida, said, quote, The Republican agenda is clear. Criminalize women's health care, roll back our rights, and feed your political ambitious excuse me, ambitions rather than the people you are elected to serve. I will continue to stand up to this overreach and make plain just how extreme and reckless DeSantis and Republicans have become in a state that deserves so much better. End quote. That was Representative Kathy Castor that I was quoting there. In a tweet, uh, State Representative Anna Escamani 
Another Democrat from Florida noted that Warren was the only Florida state attorney who pledged not to prosecute people who end their own pregnancies. Uh, Let it be known that DeSantis not only wants to ban abortion in Florida, but he wants to arrest people who who seek self-managed abortion, she wrote. In a Thursday tweet, Warren sent, Today's political stunt is an illegal overreach that continues a dangerous pattern by Ron DeSantis of using his office to further his own political ambition. It spits in the face of the voters of Hillsborough County who have twice elected me to serve them, not Ron DeSantis. The people have the right to elect their own leaders, not have them dictated by an aspiring presidential candidate who has shown time and again he feels accountable to no one, Warren added. Just because the governor violates your rights, it doesn't mean they don't exist. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to be posting that uh, article link over on the Facebook page during our bottom of the hour break. So uh, if you want to read the whole thing, which I pretty much just did for you, go ahead and follow the links that are embedded within so you can get more information and decide on this for yourself. Again, that was an article by Daniel Villarreal on LGBTQNation.com published Friday, August 5th, 2022. It is time for us to take our bottom of the hour break, and we'll come back with a little bit of music afterwards. We're going to hear from Doug Strom celebrating what's going on in New Orleans real soon. So, uh, you know, sit back and enjoy the music. I'll come back with some more politics for you, and not very fun politics either. I do apologize, but I think you need to know. Doug Strom with I'm Gonna Go, his song about Southern decadence in New Orleans. And, well, there's some coverage about that on various uh, queer-related news sites that you might want to check out, whether or not you get to go down there this year. All righty, well, keeping with politics here for a little while, I do apologize, but like I said before the break, it seems to be what's most important right now. A former Rosie O'Donnell intern wins GOP gubernatorial primary in Michigan with an emphasis on anti-LGBTQ issues in her campaign. This is an article by Alex Bollinger from Friday, August 5th, 2022 on LGBTQNation.com. Tudor Dixon Uh, who was an intern on the Rosie O'Donnell show show after graduating from college, but before she started her acting career, just won the Republican primary gubernatorial election in Michigan on an anti-LGBTQ campaign, getting the plurality of the vote in 80 of the state's 83 counties. Endorsed by Trump, the candidate made opposition to LGBTQ rights a central theme of her campaign. Her campaign website promises she'll, quote, ban school personnel from talking to kindergarten to third grade children about sex and gender theory secretly behind their parents' backs. Language that harkens to uh, Florida man's don't say gay bill. In a separate section of her campaign website, she says she'll, quote, protect young girls. Not by taking sexual abuse seriously or fighting sexist discrimination in schools, but by banning transgender kids from participating in school sports as their gender. In June, Dixon got into an argument on Twitter with the state's out Attorney General Dana Nessel, who joked that there should be a drag queen for every school. Attorney General Dana Nessel proudly announced she is 
coming for our kids, Dixon, Dixon wrote, not actually quoting her. Uh, the days of radical activist politicians sexualizing our kids are over, she pledged. This is the most humorless take imaginable on a comment made in jest, Nestle responded. I expect more from the star of Buddy Bebop versus the Living Dead. <laughs> Your benefactor, Secretary of Education during the Trump administration, Betsy DeVos, has been a greater threat to school children in Michigan than drag queens ever have been or I dare, dare say ever will be. Uh, Dana Dixon responded, I'm calling out your party's current efforts to normalize the sexualization of children, and you have nothing meaningful to say. Hmm, wow. Not quite as catty as they could be, but pretty darn close. Um, as the top law enforcement officer in Michigan... Nestle responded, will you join me to criminalize involving children? Oh, no, 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 no. Dixon was uh, was talking to Nestle. Let me rephrase that here. Ooh. Talking to Nestle, Dixon asked, as the top law, law enforcement officer in Michigan, will you join me to criminalize involving children in sexualized drag shows? Uh, as I believe I said last week, maybe it was the week before, uh, what sexualization of anything related to children happens in drag shows, let alone at Drag Queen Story Hour. I don't think there's any. Uh, <laughs> this is all kind of surprising considering that Dixon worked on the Rosie O'Donnell show, which ran from 1996 to 2002 and was hosted by Rosie O'Donnell, who came out at the end of the show's run. O'Donnell famously fought back against Donald Trump as he bullied her publicly for years. Uh, Dixon later worked as a production assistant on Oprah Winfrey's Oxygen Network and had roles in several films, including as a teen bopper in Buddy Bebop versus The Living Dead and a vampire in the show Transitions. She has defended her work even though she attacks drag performers. They're bringing up movies that were made, obviously, for adults. These are not movies that are pornographic in any way. Drag Queen Story Hour is not pornographic. Drag queens advocating for child education is not pornographic. I really, really wish that these ultra-conservatives, these right-wingers who have uh, shoved their craniums so far up other things that they can't remember what it is that they're talking about. Oh, that was Trump. Um, would, you know, really pay attention to what that is going on instead of trying to politicize children, trying to use our youth to further their homophobic, transphobic, often racist agendas. You can read the entire article if you so desire over at lgbtqnation.com. I am posting the link to that right now on our Facebook page for Lavender Hill. I'm uh, not going to cover the whole discussion there because I want you to do that for yourself if you want to learn more. And we're going to keep with politics in another gubernatorial race. Uh, Alex Bollinger again writing on Friday, August 5th, 2022 for LGBTQNation.com. Anti-drag queen TV journalist Carrie Lake wins GOP primary for Arizona governor. 
Uh, Carrie Lake allegedly hired a drag queen to perform at her baby shower. Now she says drag is sexualizing young children. Anti-LGBTQ broadcaster Carrie Lake has won the Republican primary election for governor of Arizona, which was held this past Tuesday. Lake, who was endorsed by Donald Trump, again another adult 45 crony, uh, made her opposition to drag queens part of her campaign, calling them activists sexualizing young children. Again, where are you getting this, people? Uh, they, kick, they kicked the good out of schools and welcomed the drag queens, she wrote on social media this past June. They took down our flag and replaced it with a rainbow. They seek to disarm Americans and militarize our enemies. Let's bring back the basics. God, guns, and glory. Yeah. That's uh, part of her campaign there. Uh, drag queen Richard Stevens, who goes by Barbara Savelle on stage, wrote on Facebook that Lake took her kid to one of his drag shows. When Lake's lawyer told Stevens to stop talking about Lake's love of drag from before she was Republican politician or else she might file a lawsuit, his lawyer wrote a hilariously fearless letter in response. And a quote to you from that letter. Uh, your cease and desist letter was served on Richard just as he was going to perform at a family-friendly drag brunch, the kind of event that Ms. Lake used to enjoy. Ms. Lake even hired Richard to perform as Barbara Seville at a baby shower for another well-known news anchor. We have the evidence. Something happened to Lake to make her mean, angry, and sullen. Now Carrie is a bully. The reservoir of goodwill she had built up over the years as a cherished news anchor, well, that's been drained to the point where we might as well just refer to it now as Carrie Puddles. To be clear, Mr. Stevens will not cease and desist. If Ms. Lakes moves forward with filing a suit, I cannot imagine your client will be happy to revisit all the time she spent with Barbara Seville when I depose Ms. Lake. Uh, that's from the letter from uh, Stephen's lawyer there. Uh, Lake's campaign said that Stevens performed as a Marilyn Monroe impersonator at a party, which means that he wasn't doing the drag show. She also said the drag is sexualizing young children. Female impersonation drag. When you're doing it on stage, they're pretty much the same thing there. Hello. Dame Edna, anyone? Uh, the event in question was a party at someone else's house, and the performer was there as a Marilyn Monroe impersonator, her campaign said in a statement. It wasn't a drag show, and the issue we're talking about isn't adults attending drag shows either. The issue is activists sexualizing young children, and that's got to stop. Uh, if it were happening, I would be agreeing with you, and I don't see that happening. Of all of the drag events that I have been to in Lincoln, I've never seen that happen. I have been to drag events which were in support of children's programs, raising money to help same-sex couples to adopt children. As just one example of one of those kinds of performances I've been to. It's like, hello? There's no sexualization of children going on. At least not to any of the events that I have attended or heard about personally or know the performers in. So I don't know where these bigots 
are getting their information other than from people like Dolt 45 and uh, similar cronies and uh, right-wing religious Reich. Yes, I said Reich. Uh, politicians and uh, televangelists who have been harping on these issues for so long that, you know, when you tell a lie long enough, you start to believe it. When you hear a lie long enough, you start to believe it. And that's what these are, are lies. All righty. Well, we're going to step away from politics and we're going to listen to some music. We're going to hear from Annie Lennox now as we take uh, another music break here before I go into more stuff for you. Got some fun stuff, some good stuff coming up and, you know, maybe a couple of other things that I'll be posting to the Facebook page because, well... We've only got about 13 minutes left in the show. Anywho, so like I said, Annie Lennox off of her diva, here's cold. Ten minutes or so of Lavender Hill. I'm glad you stuck with me so far, and I hope you stay tuned for all the other wonderful programming coming up here on KZUM. Before I let you go, I want to let you know a little bit about what's coming up in the next couple of hours on the Women's Show. Deb is going to be joined by Eric Whelan, who will be playing some of his favorite women Americana and Roots recording artists and share some of his insights about their music. Uh, in the first part of the show on the Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana and Beyond, Deb will be speaking with an iconic member of women's music recording artists and the gift singer and songwriter Deirdre McCullough, who will be talking about her brand new album, Endless Grace. So stay tuned for that here on KZUM, and I hope you get a kick out of all of it that's coming up. All right, well, not exactly kicking it here for you, but, uh, you know, archaeologists are starting to get in on the whole debate about uh, sexual identity, gender identity, all that kind of stuff. And according to an article on pinknews.co.uk, published July 25th, 2022, yeah, I know I'm a little outdated, okay? It's archaeology, though. <laughs> uh, archaeologists say it's not scientific to assume gender of ancient human remains. This is an article by Emily Chudy there on Pink News. A group of American archaeologists has urged others in the field not to assume the gender of ancient human remains. Okay, before I get into this, yes, the skeletal structure indicates what we consider to be male or female. But we should not assume that that's how the person identified or how the culture used those terms, or even if they had that kind of a binary within the culture. In a blog post drawing links across transphobia and archaeology, the Black Trowel Collective stated that neither sex nor gender are fixed in aspects or immutable over time and between cultures, and that the past is diverse, multivocal, and queer. The group added that scientists have a, quote, long history of imp imposing modern patriarchal gender and sexual norms onto the past. Human gender is highly variable, and human beings have historically been comfortable with a range of genders beyond modern masculine and feminine binaries, end quote. The blog post itself is from way back in July 2021. However, a recent Daily Mail, Mail article labeling the archaeology group Woke Warriors and claiming that academics are now labeling ancient skeletons as non-binary prompted a resurgence of interest. Archaeologist Brenna Hassett 
replied to the article on Twitter stating that labeling skeletons is not always that simple and that anthropologists often don't assign genders to human remains. We have to stop assuming what life was like for people in the past because we can put their skeletons into a biological category, Hassett said. We, anthropologists, don't even use male-female as categories in our notes. Homo sapiens sexes really aren't that different. If we take absolute biological determinism into the past, then we lose the truth of what actually happened. We lose the fluidity that has always been present in our cultures, the full variety of ways to be a human. And that's just science. You can read more about that if you want, which I hope you will, uh, by visiting the, uh, the link that is being posted to the Facebook page for Lavender Hill right now. I read that article uh, during a break at work and was like, oh, I've got to make sure this gets shared. Got to make sure. So it is there for you. All righty. Well, uh, there's a couple of things that I didn't exactly get to, uh, but I do want to mention them in brief because those links will be on the Facebook page for the show. There is an article from Thursday, August 4th on LGBTQNation.com talking about the seven types of polyamorous relationships that you should know about. So you might want to check that out. I mean, hey, polyamory is a thing, and it's not new. So if you want to learn more, check that article out. I'll have that link for you on our Facebook page. And speaking about learning things, uh, the biggest do's and don'ts for parents of LGBTQ plus kids is being explained in the new groundbreaking coming out guide, according to an article from August 1st by uh, Patrick Keller. Uh, on pinknews.co.uk. And it's something you might be interested in checking out. Whether or not you have children of your own, you most likely have children in your life, and it's something that you may want to know a little bit about. All righty. Well, I'm going to send you out with some Art Deco with uh, Midlife Crisis. No, I'm not having one. Uh, as we get ready to hand things over to Deb Anderson and the Women's Show, I hope you enjoy your Sunday afternoon. And I hope that you spend part or all of it with us here at KZUM. I'll catch you next week on Lavender Hill, 105.5.